Greetings, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Reckless A Talk, our TTRPG interview show, where we sit down with some of our favorite writers, players, GMs, and streamers to get to know a little bit more about what makes them who they are. I am, as always, your host, GM Nathan, and this week we have a special guest just in time for the holiday season, Chloe and Drew from Everhearth Inn. They are two-thirds of the Any-Nominated Business website and online tavern, which is known for cosplay cooking on TikTok, dice, jewelry, character guides, fantastical recipes, and much more. Their quest is to create a fun, comfortable, and friendly online space for D&D enthusiasts worldwide together. They are also people that we happen to know in the real world, so we are very excited to share this one with you all. Because as we ease in, I feel like the three of us start to hit on some really excellent topics surrounding businesses in the TTRPG space that might be useful and haven't really been covered much here on Reckless A Talk, including building a vibe for your brand, having an MVP, done being better than perfect, and much more. All the links to their shop, website, social media, Discord, and all that are available in the show notes, so please go check them out after listening. And that's all for me this week. Hope you all enjoy, and for those of you listening in real time, hope you have a great holiday season and new year. We will return with Reckless Talk in 2023. Now, please enjoy our interview with Everhearth Inn. Hi, guys. Awkward jumping. Here we are. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, wow. We're here. Oh, wow. Behold, a podcast that you're on. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> just me, though. Not not so much the other one. Just thank you for having me personally. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, dear guests, uh, we have we have avoided saying any actual, you know, human meat space names. Who are you? Tell the tell the listeners who you are, wh- where they might know you from the whole whole rigmarole. So we are Everhearth Inn. I am Drew of Everhearth Inn. And I am Chloe of Everhearth Inn. And our tagline is we're every adventurer's online tavern. Yeah, we have we have just lots of stuff going on, and I'm sure we'll get into it today. Um. <laughs> you are two-thirds of a of a multinational team, in fact. True. Indeed, yes, as I understand are. it. Multinational super ambitious yes our third cohort is jack and he's in the uk uh it's late o'clock in the uk right now so he couldn't make it uh but he is here in spirit and and you guys i think i think are underselling the amount of various things that you have your your collective (laughs) i assume you know 30 30 fingers in Uh, i don't want to you know just in case someone is missing (laughs) missing any digits uh you you do you do dice you do recipes you do tiktoks you do all kinds of of a huge variety of stuff to the point where you are in fact an any nominated online presence indeed in the tabletop role-playing game space yes so much to discuss indeed um but but before we get into the the you know kind of uh both vertical and horizontal uh, megacorp that you have <laughs> have put together in the tabletop role playing game space. Uh, let's get to know you just a little bit. How did you guys get introduced to D anD D and to tabletop, and kind of what grabbed you about that about that moment? So, 
Jack, our, our UK friend, uh, he messaged me sh- showing me a link to Critical Role, of, of course. And he's like, hey, this is for Dungeons and Dragons. I know you haven't really ever looked at it, but I was shown by a friend and it was really cool. And I think you might like it. And we are already good friends and we we're both into fantasy and gaming. And so I, I knew his recommendation was good. And so I was particularly bored at work one day and I was just listening to it in the background and zero idea what D&D was and how it works, but it just really caught me. Um, and Chloe and I were together at the time and I started sharing it with her and then I'll let you take over that part of the story. Yeah, and then uh, I've always been into like fantasy games and everything like Witcher, Skyrim, but I'd never tried D&D. Um, and then Drew introduced me to Critical Role and through him, we also managed to put together a friend group um, where we played our first D&D campaign. Yeah, and so we just kind of bounced around taking turns, dungeon mastering and learning the game, super cringy, railroady plot lines. That... No, what? No, I, wow. I, that is that is really cringy. I definitely have never once run any such campaign. No, of course not. Mm-hmm. You, no. Only just Grammy award winning stories. Yes, precisely. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was our introduction. And uh, we played for a while, bounced around, and then I volunteered to kind of become our permadiem. And uh, that's been the way ever since. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, just, were you the DM during that first that first campaign? I was DM number two. It was all in the same world, and we took turns different oh, campaigns cool. throughout the same world. It was really cool. It was a good starter experience. But then I started getting bigger ambitions for broader plot lines that I wanted to last <laughs> longer than one campaign. So I, I volunteered to be a longer term DM, and then that that hasn't been. Uh, turned down yet yeah <laughs> is, is ain't that just the way as yes. dm you're like i'll dm everyone's like great keep yes, going I will. <laughs> yeah no, i was dm like, for a bit and i was just like i'll be i'll be a player i'll stick with players this is too <laughs> stressful too many different voices that i need to remember <laughs> too many names <laughs> poor british accent number three yeah exactly <laughs> so as you were as you were kind of consuming critical role and kind of getting introduced into into what like tabletop role playing games actually looked like and felt like. What about the act of playing D anD D? Not just kind of has you continue playing D anD D, presumably, but also has has made you continue to to make things about D anD D and <laughs> make content and make dice and have a whole website and all that kind of stuff. What excites you about it? What's what's kind of what's the juice for you guys? I like how it feels like you're in a different world and that you don't have like any worries and you can kind of control the story a bit more than real life maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, you just get to be like who, whoever you want to be. And that's, that's really cool. And you can make new characters that have different personalities and you just get to try out different things and you get to do it with the people that you enjoy hanging out with. For me, what kind of had me sink into DMing permanently is I am like obsessed with the collaborative storytelling element. Mm -hmm. And uh, particularly I I love, this is super cheesy, but like seeing people have fun 
yeah. is like, oh, yeah. well, it's everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so when I'm telling a story and I can kind of see the story play back to me in their eyes and see their expressions change and get excited about thing or like super nervous or terrified of my next boss, that is like, oh, that's <laughs> so much just reward. Uh, and so seeing that and taking that and trying to expand that into a broader community and bring that sensation to more people is a huge driver for us. Uh, there's so much value and like close friendships that can develop because of DND and bringing that to the masses is super exciting. Yeah. What, what kind of, uh, and either in your home games or listening to actual plays or, or whatever, what are the kind of like, tabletop stories that you kind of enjoy and again it doesn't need to be specifically named ones but you know uh are you like heroes fighting against evil and kind of just good versus bad do you like epic do you like oh no i like the gritty stuff uh what are the kind of stories that you kind of find yourself uh, attracted to i'm trying to think of how to word it because yeah. what I, I like i'll let i'll let drew go first and i'll i'll think so I tend to write gritty environments mm -hmm. uh, just because I like the uh, it feels a bit more freeing for me to have characters that have less honor bound desires and I can write more selfish people, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which uh, for me feels like I can drive more story out of that. And so I take a very open world approach to DMing and I started off with super railroady campaigns and they never really landed as I envisioned. And as our desire to have like a big, vast area to explore grew, I knew I had to start adapting my system to accommodate that. And so I have this whole system where I just kind of poop out a whole bunch of characters <laughs> and factions and everything. And I just come up with random motivations, like what they have and what they want and what they're willing to do to get what they want. And then I lay all that out and I can just kind of see the storylines already forming of like this person wants what that person doesn't care about, but protects because of guilt or something. And that they just kind of happens. And so in a gritty atmosphere, I like that because this can get kind of brutal and violent and is less about good and evil. And it's just, I've got a whole bunch of different people yeah. who want a whole bunch of different things. And then the story just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the players can kind of happen to the world. And then the story sprouts from that interaction. Absolutely. I, I also really enjoy the gritty kind of environment because it's more of a mystery of what's going to happen next. Like you can't tell like, oh, this person is for sure good and we're going to go save the town and totally. save the day. It's more like, okay, I'm working for this person, but do they have like everybody's best, I don't know, they Interest have in interests mind. in mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually it's also not black and white in Drew's uh, DMing stories. It's like you have to pick one or the other, like the lesser of two evils or the greater of two goods. Um, and I've, it's a lot more realistic in that sense, but also like your decisions are hanging more on not so black and white answers. Yeah. Um, and it just makes the story that much more rich and intriguing 
Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting, especially when you are the the way you described it up front of being like, I like being able to kind of like shed the the problems of the world, right? And just yeah. be like kind of like I am a new person, I get to explore whatever I want, but but also what I want to explore is is the gray and <laughs> and the selfishness of mortal. Yes. But as a different person. Right, but as a different person, and I get to sometimes, you know, make my voice a little higher, make it lower, make it a little more posh. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So you guys again are in a huge kind of array of different different spaces. And in in different spaces than I feel like a lot of the guests we get here on Reckless to Talk. So I'm really excited to kind of like venture into all of that. But first, I, I wanted to get a little bit of the, the Everharth backstory. So first and foremost, how did the three of you guys get, get connected even before, it sounds like, you kind of all got into, into D&D and, and role-playing and now, now Everharth? So I met Jack my freshman year. He was in this freshman year of college, and we were in the same uh, crappy 80-year-old <laughs> dorm and... Uh, he was in on a foreign exchange program from the UK and uh, he was the cool guy who had a British accent. And so <laughs> we just kind of were in the same places together and we started just talking and we're both super nerdy, super into games and fantasy overall. Uh, we were just good friends. He introduced me to D&D, but uh, then... I met Chloe. Yeah, we uh, met. I was a freshman. Then Drew was a sophomore, so it would have been a year later. Um, we met in an astronomy class and became good friends. Good friends. <laughs> <laughs> we we started dating not too long after meeting, um, and now we're engaged. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. And I met Jack through Drew. Mm-hmm. And then he made the trek back to the U.S. for a quick, like, two-week stint uh, a few years later. And that's when you got to meet him in person. Yeah. I think that was the only time you've met him in person. Yes, that is true. It's the only time. Mm. But it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so consuming an actual play to deciding, oh, I would like to do that thing. I would like to play a game is a step. But that is a much smaller step than playing a game and then being like, I let's let's make a website and and do a business and create content around this. And especially for for the three of you, like it's not just one person unilaterally doing it. You three all all work on this together. So can you talk me through a little bit the the history and kind of decision making process to you guys ramping up just to go live, let alone to be kind of where you're at today? Yeah, so we always kind of loved D&D. We also both always wanted to do a business. We never really connected the dots on how. Mm-hmm. Uh, I first started out my kind of creative endeavors making YouTube videos for Tabletop Sim, which mm, cool. I used to make my D&D maps. It was super useful for me. And in that same vein, I wanted to kind of spread out and help others learn about that. And then I also was interested in making video content just in general, but mm-hmm. I didn't really know like what to do, yeah, um, totally. what would kind of grab people's attention, but also be interesting for me to make. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do I actually enjoy doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think we, we kind of started, did we, we started with just TikTok. Is that true? 
We made a few YouTube video game videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did. <laughs> you don't Back... say that with a lot of endorsement or <laughs> Back when PUBG was popular, yeah. <laughs> we did a couple uh, videos of just kind of gaming and uploaded that. Um, wasn't Didn't get too much traction. Not as much as Drew's tabletop sim content. Yeah, the first kind of glimpse of glory was... Uh, tabletop zim video i had shared on reddit and i got like 40 upvotes and i got like a thousand views on that but i was like freaking out uh, <laughs> yeah and uh so that was the first like traction we got and we were just vaguely in this fantasy idea as time went on chloe's a fantastic artist uh, yes. i like creating things yeah and i i wanted to sell make a product and sell it and something I was really interested in was um, handmade resin dice. Mm-hmm. So I I watched a ton of like YouTube videos or like I, t- I think TikTok was popular at that time when mm-hmm. I picked it up. Um, and I would just watch people make them or look at pictures online. Yeah. I'm like, wow, these are beautiful and they're all so unique. I wonder if I could do this. So I got a bunch of the stuff and watched a bunch of videos and ended up learning how to do it. And I loved it. Um, so we ended up setting up an Etsy shop, actually. That was our, that was probably one of our first things Mm -hmm. along with the TikTok. So I went to Chloe and she was learning about crafting all these things. And she's like, it's just so much work to do alone. And so I said, you just craft and I'll sell and handle logistics. Uh, and that was kind of the first agreement and kind of birth of Everhearth. Uh, and so we, we made the Etsy shop, uh, very rewarding. Getting our first order from a stranger was insane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like you get the, the support from your friends and everything. And that's special in its own right. But when like a complete stranger finds you and pays you money. <laughs> for something that you made. Yeah. I value this. Yes. Uh, so that was a super rewarding moment for us. And then we started thinking like, okay, TikTok would be a cool thing to attempt. And we had just gotten the D&D cookbook. So we had this idea of just kind of filming rustic fantasy style, just cooking straight from that cookbook. And this was what, was this like a year-ish ago? Am I, is that correct? Probably two years. I think it was the post the first wave of COVID. Got it. When everyone was starting to do tabletop role-playing games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have kicked myself so much. Like, why didn't we have this realization six months earlier? <laughs> but wouldn't be where we are today if we right. did things differently. So we started getting this moving casually. And we had this really basic Squarespace website, which is just like a collection of our Etsy and our socials. And I... Every like six months or so, I would catch up with Jack and we'd have these vague discussions of like, yeah, it'd be cool to do a business one day, just us each individually. But we never knew like how to connect the dots and what skills we had that were mm-hmm. marketable. And so he, at the, I, I did not know at the time, but he was getting into digital marketing. So we connected and we're talking about our, our new crappy Squarespace website. And he's <laughs> like, dude, there is there's potential here. And this is like his game and getting ranked on Google is his deal. And <laughs> I, I know he's very, very passionate about the subject matter anyways. Uh, and so he kind of, we had this 
pseudo pitch meeting of him saying, this is what I can do. This is how we can make Everhearth into something much, much bigger. Um, and it was a no brainer. That was the kind of big evolution from us having an Etsy shop and making a few cooking videos to much bigger ambitions of a website with helpful articles and a community and a Patreon and all this stuff. I actually just checked our first TikTok we posted March of last year. What? Yeah, 3 2021. That's oh, what I wow. thought. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if we want to correct that or not, but That's all right. Doesn't matter. Okay. It's all happening live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, where's there a point where things started kind of like accelerating for you guys. Can you guys point to one or a handful of spots where it's like, ah, and then this happened and then things were different? Probably the first viral TikTok that we had. Mm -hmm. Because I remember, yeah, so we had a meatball recipe (laughs) in an Instapot. It was an Instapot meatball recipe. And that was our first like really viral video. I think it ended up getting like 1.5 million views. Wow. Yeah. And I remember Jack coming to us and telling us that the views or the site clicks, his SEO, his SEO lingo, mm-hmm. that I wish he was here to, to voice on. <laughs> but I remember the site clicks were like, I don't, I don't remember how much it was, but he was like excited about it. It was like several tens of thousands of clicks. Wow. That was like previously we were getting like 200 a month. Uh, And so there's kind of this moment where this whole huge rush happens and it's kind of a flash in the pan. You can totally it it ebbs and flows and that's just how it is. But it's a huge feeling of like justification and uh, legitimizing and like seeing something give get traction and like the demand for it like oh okay we're actually onto something here and then things just started rolling better we start getting seen on google more our videos do better on average because we have more followers and stuff and it's just a little bit more legitimizing to the consumer if you can see that we have more followers as unexciting as it is it still just gives your brand a bit more oomph And uh, people might trust you a little bit more. And so that was the first time that we felt like, okay, we're we're really able to step on the gas and not be just driving off a cliff. So that was super (laughs) rewarding. And what was the first video? Do you remember the 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 one quote unquote? Yeah, I think it was it was the meatball one. Oh, Um, that's right. Yeah, a lot of people roasted us because it was (laughs) medieval cooking in instant pot. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shortcuts. Like, I don't yeah. remember uh, taverns having Skyrim taverns. <laughs> Ye old instant, instant pot. pot. <laughs> Ye old instant pot. Yeah. So we kind of like to sometimes in our videos we'll keep like a little uh, surprise, like a little annoying thing or a mess up, just to see if people will catch it and like comment on it because the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> the algorithm. That's <laughs> the right. Myster- the mysterious algorithm. Absolutely. I went through a lot of your TikToks, especially kind of in preparation for this. And you guys have a kind of very specific uh, like style and very specific kind of like setup 
and and vibe to them. So for 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 a this is an audio medium, so I can't exactly just like put on a TikTok for everyone to enjoy right in this moment, splice it in. But also just for for people who are kind of want to get a better idea of the kind of stuff that you're putting out there that is is catching attention uh, and see, oh, I did see those people. Uh, what yeah. you kind of could you kind of describe how what goes into making an, an Everhart, he uses air quotes, uh, TikTok mm-hmm. and, and what you guys do most of the time and what your content is. I think a big part of it is envisioning it as the point of view of an adventurer walking into a tavern and you order this dish and you're watching the tavern keep cook it right in front of you. And so like our angle is you're you're seated, sit, sat at a table looking down at this counter space and this our lovely tavern keeper, Chloe, is yes. cooking this for you. Yeah, I cosplay as an elf and we try to keep it interesting where the angles will be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get the really aesthetic views, close up views of our food that we're making at the time. And then at the end, I, the tavern keeper, serve it to you, the patron, and kind of get like a glimpse of taking a bite, essentially, of the of the food. Mm-hmm. And it kind of serves as the kind of thematic tone setter for what Everhearth is. You're the adventurer scrolling through TikTok in your adventures and uh, suddenly Everhearth finds you and it feels safe and welcoming and you're having a good meal and this person is happy to have you and it's kind of the first window into what the hope is for Everhearth in as kind of a, a place. Yeah, and we've incorporated some role-playing like voice videos, I guess, as well into our rotation of Everhearth content and we also every once in a while put in some uh stuff for like our shop or if we're announcing something but Mm -hmm. we we keep it mainly food content that's what gets a lot of views at least for us um we want to branch out a bit from that but we haven't too much yet but and the cooking is a good tool that we use like a cool fantasy recipe can really help set the tone at your table for D&D. And so coming up with fantasy-inspired recipes and sharing them with people as a tool to have a more immersive game is the core directive there. And trying to help people improve their game through food is a cool after effect of the recipes. Yeah, we get comments on our videos all the time. We're like, I made this for my D&D group this session and they loved it. Or like, I'm going to make it next saturday during our uh our game so we get we get those pretty often and that is so rewarding yeah it feels so good (laughs) yeah is that something that you guys yeah kind of uh bring to the table frequently when you are playing in person (laughs) (laughs) we have a couple times i remember one one day when we had a, a big game we made an entire skyrim themed feast for everybody mm-hmm. so that was we don't do it all too often because a lot of our games are kind of hybrid and yeah, now half probably remote half in person remote. yeah yeah so, and you don't want to tease half the table with exactly. delicious meatballs <laughs> and <we> yeah <laughs> they're just <laughs> chewing noises throughout the entire game <laughs> so the kind of trajectory is is very interesting because it really feels like you guys you know, kind of chased what was interesting to you and was chased what 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 was working, you know, kind of what was mm-hmm. catching on for people. Um, so at this start, it doesn't sound like you kind of had a super clear vision of like, 
the the brand quote unquote but but you kind of you kind of do now obviously with specific specific tiktok vibes specific branding on your website all that good stuff so and i think we've covered it a bit already but how do you kind of encapsulate your guys's brand and what was the process of getting to that and kind of naming it and codifying it um cuz that's that's something that 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 i'm always endlessly interested in and i think a lot of people can always learn from is how people are are branding themselves even when they kind of put it together on on the go like you guys basically we wanted everharth to be a place where people from anywhere could come and visit and experience a community that's welcoming to them i'll let drew uh explain a bit more and then we can talk about how we figured out the name so what was super exciting for us and just a, a cozy vibe that really is deep in our hearts is the feeling of like in Skyrim, it's snowing out and it's a dark night and you walk into one of the taverns that you stumble upon that feeling of just warmth and safety and the barkeep is happy to see you. And there's cool people to listen on. That is so cool. And we don't really have an equivalent to that in real life. Um, we have the closest thing we probably have is game stores. And those are just such a special pillar of the community and must be protected at all costs. But what COVID showed us is that equivalent doesn't really exist online. And so there is a big feeling for us of we wanted to create this feeling of a game store, feeling of a tavern for everybody online. And so the idea of Everhearth Inn as a place is really key to everything we do. It, it we want it to feel like you go to Everhearth and you stay time mm -hmm. in Everhearth. Um, and so that's kind of where the, the name came from. Do you want to explain it? <laughs> well, a part of the name was we were trying to find something that people didn't already have. It didn't exist in a book. Um, and it could also convey like our message. So we thought of Everhearth because it's a hearth that is always lit and always available for people around the globe um, at any time of day. And so the the idea of Everhearth being in being a place is really core to everything we do. The the cooking TikTok is you coming into Everhearth and getting food, and we have a Discord community where it's the people of Everhearth hanging out in Everhearth chatting amongst them as an adventurers, you can meet up and play D and D and share your stories. And there's so much of what a tavern is, is what we try to emulate in kind of the pillars of the business, which is like shopping from the barkeep to get your gear for your adventures and stuff like that. Why? And this is skewing from the, from the script just a little bit, but something that really struck me as you guys were describing it is is kind of that emphasis on on comfort on welcoming and it being a wide net for people so do you remember at what point that became a design principle for you guys and became something that you would build around and would kind of make important um and why you think that's important for your business and your presence in the the tabletop space i think we got some comments on some of our early tiktoks which is go along the lines of like, I feel so comfortable. Today's been awful. Thank you for this. 
And that's like, oh my God, my heart <laughs> feels so good. Yeah. And like knowing that this random person on the internet came across our content and felt better was so rewarding. Uh, and that feeling became kind of what we wanted to chase. We already kind of had the vague idea. We came up the name of Everhearth before this, and that was kind of the overarching theme, but we, it wasn't really, really core to us until we started getting those comments and the the feedback and that feeling that really drove home, like this is the direction we wanted to take. Yeah, and I think getting those comments also probably pushed us to create the Discord as well, because that's where a lot of people can come in and interact more with sure. us and with others over more than just TikTok or Instagram comments. Mm -hmm. The Discord has been super rewarding and something I... When I think of Everhearth, I kind of immediately think of the Discord and the the kind of the tavern family we're growing there and like logging in and seeing people chatting and saying how their day is and figuring out playing d and together. And like there's a new D&D &D group in our Discord. It's an experienced DM and I believe all entirely new players. And seeing them in their little voice chat having their first mm -hmm. game was yeah. like, oh my god! Like yeah. these, this is happening because of what we're we're building, yeah. and that was so cool. And so, like chasing more of that growth of spreading this community and this feeling and this place for more people to feel safe and welcome and have fun at is definitely the goal. So obviously, a lot of your growth has been based off of, you know, kind of social media, TikTok, that sort of thing. So just kind of briefly, what what has your experience been like as as humans uh, who are now who are now visible online and are, are no longer just kind of the anonymous uh, uh, small accounts that can just, you know, exist and, mm -hmm. and like things? I mean, especially obviously for you, Chloe, where you are are the person doing not all, but a lot of the a lot of the cooking videos. You are the one doing a lot of the cosplaying and, the, and that sort of thing. But you know what what has that been like for for the both of you? Um, as especially as you continue to grow, continue to put stuff out, continue to be on Discord and kind of be more present. I guess we don't really see anything happening in person, but like people who come into the discord and they want to chat with us and they want to, they already feel like they kind of know us and they're, we're already friends and we're just, we're always welcoming and happy to see them. And we've had an astonishingly great culture among the people that come and hang out with us. Yeah. Everybody's very positive, like in TikTok for the most part um, on our videos are positive comments in the discord. It's all positive. We also have a small group of Patreon Patreoners that we have live streams with um, once a month, and that's always positive. Yeah, we super look forward to those. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's been IRL very positive as of today. So, kind of as an extension of that, I'm curious. You guys have been, you know, have been very successful you know, in, in the tabletop space, you've been growing, you've been doing more dice, you've been be able to offer, offer more things and grow in fun ways. So do you guys have any perspectives or, or advice that you would give to people who are looking to kind of be a, this is, I can't think of a better word, a retailer, a, a shop, a business, whatever in the tabletop space, kind of based on your year, year or two years 
of, of doing so, even if it is just, here's what I would have told myself, uh, you know, when we, when we were starting a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I think if you have like a good product and you're ready to sell it, Etsy's a pretty good starter platform to use. Drew's the one that would set everything up and sell everything. Um, and we have a couple gripes about it, but I'll let him speak about like getting Etsy going at least. Etsy is a phenomenal starting point. It, it starts you way ahead of the curve of a whole bunch of other solutions. And so I have zero regrets with us going on Etsy. We wanted to expand into being able to offer more things beyond the platform could handle. And so for mostly just growth reasons, we wanted to get off of Etsy. And also it lets us take advantage of Jack's digital marketing skill to get us a bit more Google savvy. Um, but definitely the biggest advice I would have is to just, just go for it and just make. There's so much analysis paralysis that can happen and you're overthinking how something works or how something is supposed to look. It's really easy to lock yourself up in trying to perfect everything. Yeah, and you can just start with like an MVP, a basic, like I want to post this group of products to Etsy and if I mess up some descriptions or whatever, it doesn't matter, I can fix it later. But I have it up there and it's ready to go. And that was kind of our mentality for when we started our our site shop. Um, we have like our MVP, we're getting all of our products up, it's all working, but it's not like exactly designed how we like it. But it's up and it's it's there. It works, yeah, it, it does works. the thing it's supposed to. Yeah, and it's yeah. good and we've made two sales on it already. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been up for, I mean, it's been up for a few days. Yeah. And I mean... Yeah, Done is better than perfect. Yeah, exactly. You can perfect it later, but if you're always going to try to perfect something, it's never going to get finished. So you just need to think of what your MVP is. I want these things up on my shop and that's the base of it. And then you can build on that. And another kind of sidebar tip is finding interest groups on Reddit. And there was a lot of them on Facebook for Chloe's handmade dice. We were looking up handmade dice interest groups and a lot of them have rules about how you can advertise to them and in what ways you can. That was hands down most effective for us. So if you're trying to get started in any sort of niche on selling some sort of product, finding interest groups and advertising to them because you already have filtered down your kind of customer pool to people who have already displayed significant interest in that type of product. So your, your efforts will go much farther. You guys have talked a little bit about the, you know, who a little bit as to who's responsible for what, right. Kind of between the three of you, at least early on, now that you've been doing it again for, for one to two years, ramping up and ramping up and also very quickly ramping up in the last, in the last year post TikTok. But what has what is the experience of owning a business together as friends, as as fiancés, as, you know, kind of just a, a group of people? What has what has that experience been like? What has it been like to to own a business with people, to go viral together? And has that changed your guys' relationships or your impressions of each other? I think it's brought us closer together. Oh yeah. We've we 
love working on Everhearth stuff. So when it pays off, where we all celebrate together, we have like our little group chat. We're like, oh my gosh, look at this. Let's let's all celebrate. And for Drew and I, at least being in the same household, um, we like to set aside just times of the day to work on things and just bang out some content. Uh, and yeah, that's what we call it. I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, bang it out, bro. <laughs> right. But like, where's the lie? That is correct. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really good working together and we all are very respectful of boundaries. So like if, someone has something going on in their life and they're kind of falling behind. We're very accepting of it because we're not in a rush to do anything. Um, There's no deadlines. We have like times that we wish things will be live and be ready to go. (laughs) That doesn't always happen. Like our shop, we were planning on getting it up like six months ago. (laughs) Did not happen. Two days ago is Mm. when it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, as Everhearth is growing and now we're, we have more balls that we're juggling. We've kind of, we were able to be scrappy and unofficial with everything in the earlier days. And now we have a whole bunch of things we're keeping on top of and having to delegate and give to who can do them best. So now we have a little bit more structure. We have a weekly meeting to just talk about what we did and what we're going to do and any discussions we need to have. Uh, we have a whole I spent ages making this huge planner on notion for all of our tasks and everything. Um, and so that's setting up systems to make things a little bit more serious has mm-hmm. been helpful, but the core, like we're just friends doing friends stuff has yeah. been consistent throughout and definitely helpful. Yeah. Got to be productive though. So we have our, have our task sheet and our stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all the fun corporate lingo that you start, yes. to, you start <laughs> to fold into yep we we, we catch ourselves our... using it a lot and <laughs> we we all hate it but it is it is useful so. gotta circle back on that <laughs> yeah, exactly on business hat in the morning yeah. i really think we should have a check-in and maybe start to think <laughs> about our q1 goals for 2023 yes. <laughs> it's yeah i mean shoot me but also uh, yes it is <laughs> so it's a problem um and, and I feel like I'm asking this question a little bit out of order, but again, you guys are kind of in, in a very interesting position in the tabletop role-playing game space. And, and that's one of the many reasons why I was really interested to talk to you guys is because you are part, you, you have a discord where there is community. You have a, a website with a store. You have a kind of robust TikTok presence that is, is sort of about the store, but is also, you know, kind of more experiential and mm-hmm. very vibey, you know, <laughs> and very just kind of like, this is a fun thing and it's, and it's useful and, 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 and whatnot. Um, whereas, you know, I, I, I look at myself, obviously it's like, well, yeah, no, I make podcasts and I, I, I tweet. And those are the, the <laughs> that is my place in the tabletop role playing game world. And, and there are producers, there are writers, there are all kinds of stuff. So, how do you guys label yourselves if you do, um, you know, kind of, how do you kind of self visualize what, who you guys are in the space, what footprint you have and, and that, and that kind of thing. I think it wraps around to that whole concept of Everhearth in is a place. Yeah. And so that's our, our cheat out of saying what we mm. do. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, if you think about it, so it's a place we have, it's a tavern where people can, 
sit around and eat, or I guess an inn, uh, Everhearth Inn, where people can sit around and go to the kitchen where we post our recipes or yep. have our TikTok content. They could go to the armory, which is where our shop is. Um, they could go to the library and pick out a book, which is where we post kind of our more varietal blog content. We have a lot of really comprehensive D&D class guides that Jack has been working on. And there's just, oh, cool. if you wanted to know the perfect build for a certain class <laughs> and everything about different feats, it's super useful. And so, yeah, just to having this variety of content is hard to describe in what we do. It's easier to describe it in whatever hearth is. Mm -hmm. And so that, we get to kind of have this cop out and say this umbrella term of, <laughs> of there's many things that make Everhearth what it is, um, which is rewarding in its own way. Definitely. Definitely. And indeed it has been rewarding and other people have noticed it in that you guys uh, are any nominees. In fact, indeed, uh, <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> See, seamless transition. That's there why you I'm go. The hostest with the mostest. Yes. Um. And and it was it was a very it was a very uh like very fun for us uh as we were we were scrolling through when they released who was kind of a finalist for for the any and for those who don't know the Ennies are uh the, I don't know tabletop. Role playing awards yeah. uh, voted upon yeah. by a panel, uh, I guess, is the best way to put it. It's kind of Oscars y, kind of Emmys y. You get it. Um, but uh, we were scrolling through and looking for familiar names, specifically for us, you know, people people that we actually knew instead of just like, oh, yeah, that's that whatever, that publisher, mm -hmm. that whatever. And uh, we we saw you guys and it was like, <laughs> wait a second. That's that's right, David, right? That's the yeah. that's the or that's the one. Um, so best online content is the category. So what mm -hmm. exactly were you guys like submitting and kind of what what did you view as your online content, I guess, that was. Uh, that was was good to to nominate. So Jack really owned ninety five percent of this, and mm -hmm. it was the submission period was right when our first cooking TikTok started kind of taking off. I don't think we hit the big jackpot yet, or maybe it happened just around the meatballs video. Um, it was before anything went like super viral. Okay, but we were getting some traction, and so. He just submitted our, our everhearthin.com slash the kitchen, which is where all of our recipes are. He actually uh, wrote it up for us. So here's Jack in spirit. I won't do his British accent, but just envision it. Ah, <laughs> oh, darn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a bit of a rolling discovery. I'd never heard of the Ennies before, despite being a friendly longtime D&D fan. Then when looking at another D&D blog, I saw they had on their site that they were an any award winner. So out of curiosity, I Googled it and read all about it and its history. Uh, whilst, he said whilst, on their website. Kind of doing a British thing, almost yeah. in a way. It's <laughs> not a word choice. Yeah. <laughs> whilst on their website, I saw they were open for nominations for the 2022 awards. So I scrolled through the awards out of curiosity. And that's where I saw best online content. Either I read the description and thought, hey, that's sort of what we do. I went down to the forum and it all looked fairly straightforward. So I just thought, what's the harm? I knew from our TikTok following that people genuinely really loved seeing the content. So that gave me the confidence to fill it out. I can't remember exactly what I wrote, but I remember describing the type of content that you guys were producing and an overview of who we were and why we love expanding the world of role playing into not just at the gaming table. 
And then we didn't hear anything back for four or five months. So we all kind of forgot yeah, about right. it. Uh, and then he David. just, yeah, until <laughs> David reached out to Chloe. And I remember he brought it up saying like, hey, there's this thing I submitted for us. I don't think we'll get it. And that was back when it was submitted. Oh, yeah, Jack right. said that. Yeah. yeah. And then David, he's like, congratulations. <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, the Emmy nominee? And I was like, the what? <laughs> So I had to go get a recap from Jack. You're really pinning a lot of self-worth on this, yes. on this nomination. Couldn't is what sleep I'm, at all. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we were all just flabbergasted. And like we, there was the, Jack didn't think we would get it. No, it was a total shot in the dark. And so there was like two minutes of like, holy cow, like congratulating each other. And like Jack, fantastic job. We're, we're here because of you. And, and so after that settled in, we're like, <laughs> then shit. The panic, panic settled in after that. So, uh, <laughs> because we needed to figure out how we were going to like promote this and get the votes mm-hmm. so that way we could win. And so the week of voting was two weeks before we were moving cross country and the week before we were selling at our first convention. Yeah, so we had a lot going on. We, yeah. had, we were selling at a convention and we had to promote all over the place. We this. filmed like nine TikToks in two days. Like from when we were nominated until we moved, we were doing Ever Hearth and packing for a move like literally every waking moment. So it was very stressful, but super cool and super fun. And <laughs> it was very rewarding, big like, the numbers uh, on TikTok and our, on our website is one thing, but then like an actual yeah. award nomination is like a different category of its own and really cool. We didn't end up winning, but it was it was still like really cool. And we were against some really, really cool creators. So yeah, it was, yeah. again, we're just going to really cool. Yeah, give it our best shot. And it was a cool experience overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like everyone's assessment of BNEs is that being nominated is the cool part. And then like, <laughs> if you win, great, that's awesome. But yeah. like, just being nominated is genuinely like its own kind of uh, merit. Hence why everyone brags about being any nominated as they should. <laughs> um, you, you talked a little bit already about kind of the the affirmation, the validation of some people latching onto your stuff, seeing people play in your Discord servers. Are you guys, are you guys people who awards and nominations and stuff like, does that, what, what does that say to you? Does that mean anything to you? Or are you just like, yeah, it was cool. And now we go back to doing the work of, of, of running a, a, a digital tavern. It's, it doesn't really change our outlook on what we produce because we get a lot of validation from people about how they really enjoy the content that we make and being able to have a nomination to also convey that is really cool as well. But uh, I really value when people come into our videos and they talk about how much we have like made them happier that day or they really love what we posted. They're going to use that recipe and show their friends. Or like I remember one comment that said, like, my dad was watching this with me and he loved the recipe and he's going to make it this weekend. And it just, it's just things like that really validate. And I, I do mm-hmm. think that having the awards are really cool as well, but having that more one-on-one like 
It's about the community. Yeah, the community yeah. validation. That's what that's what really really keeps me going. Mm-hmm. And it'll be easy to chase whatever weird sub things that we do that might get more views, but in the end, the the content itself is something we're excited to make, and the feeling of yeah. like I as a viewer watching this am entertained and feel good and enjoy this content and saying this video is objectively better done than the previous one. And we keep on refining and improving and kind of grinding this real life skill is a kind of a a game on its own and and definitely a a fun part to build. So where where are you guys hoping that this all goes, you know? Um, And it's, again, it's, I think a, a particularly interesting question for you guys, because like we've kind of covered you, you've kind of been been building and expanding and kind of reaching and testing kind of throughout, it sounds like, to an extent. Um, so where where are you guys hoping that, that things go? What are your goals um, or what's your, your kind of guiding vision? Whatever. I guess my first goal for it probably be a while in the future um, is to be able to work on this full time. It is a passion project and it's truly like something that I really enjoy doing and it's very rewarding. And if it's something that I would be able to wake up every day and do, I would do it. Mm. Yeah. I had this kind of oh snap moment where I think it was a few months or like a year ago now where there was a big lottery going on and I was just envisioning like, Oh, if I won a billion dollars, what am I doing tomorrow? Like I buy all the 17 Lamborghinis and of course, <laughs> and uh, after all of that, and it's just the rest of your life ahead of you, what am I doing? And I just like, without hesitation, I was like, Oh yeah, D and D stuff. Um, and so then that kind of, snapped forward or like, okay, like I don't have to wait to retire to try and make this a real thing. And so the end goal of doing this full time is super driving and definitely where we want to be. I have this kind of long-term vision of envisioning Everhearth as an actual fantasy tavern and walking in and it's bustling, which is my favorite (laughs) word. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, just a, a whole bunch of people chatting and happy and having good time and trying to achieve that in as many ways as that we can of really forming this place into something bigger that a whole bunch of people are excited to be a part of. Um, And if that's just expanding and growing on what we are like now, or like a real life place would be super cool, but that's its own bag of worms. Um, But maybe like VR type places like have a ever hard thin and VR, which would be super cool. But that's more of just a project instead of the whole business, but just growing Everhearth into the place that we dream it to be and being able to do that as our, our life passion would be super rewarding. Chloe. Yes. Drew. Yes. It is time for the Reckless Talk lightning round, the Let's dire go. gauntlet that faces all of our guests. I will warn you, it is draining. It is taxing. It will have you confront your very soul and <laughs> all that you hold dear. Um, I'm already sweating. <laughs> as, as, as you should be. 
I give the same spiel to everyone as dramatically as I say it. There are no wrong answers. It can be a one word answer. I will give a kind of appropriate amount of time to pause and be like, "Uh, is that all they're saying? Cool. Great. We'll move on. It could be, well, really, I'm actually just going to now tell a five minute story in response to that question. And I will say, cool, sick, awesome. Uh, (laughs) Also saying, "I I don't really have a good answer for that is also very acceptable. We ask the same questions to everyone in the same order every single time. Are you guys ready? So I think so. So ready. <laughs> we will do we will do we'll do Chloe and then Drew and that will be the the pattern in response. Okay. Okay. Question 1. Is your glass half full or half empty? I would say it depends on the day, but Typically, if it has to do with Everhearth, I'm half full for sure, because I'm always proud of the content that we produce. And even if it doesn't perform like we thought it would, I'm always proud of it and hoping for the future. I would say I'm half full and annoyed about trying to find methods of filling the other half. (laughs) 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 What excites you? Creatively, spiritually, and or emotionally? I'll speak creatively. Good fantasy content, and I know it's very <laughs> vague, but <laughs> whether it's just like imagery or like role play videos or video games or content from my favorite TikTokers, I'll just, I'll watch them. That just inspires me to like make things or like get a mood board and it's all fantasy and then I make some like cool looking dice. Yeah, I think I think that would be just fantasy content. It's obviously what I enjoy. <laughs> I love seeing others have fun and seeing their their faces light up from stories that we're telling in D&D and like I said before like getting nervous and terrified and happy and excited. Uh, and seeing my story play out in their faces and their reaction. And when you can see that they're waiting for the next thing that's going to happen, that is absurdly rewarding and drives me to make more of that type of intrigue and interest and excitement. Um, I also really love uh, dreaming stuff up to music. I'm a huge metalhead. We're both huge metalheads. Pretty much every single boss fight I've written has been dreamt up listening to just super hard metal. Hell yes. (laughs) Uh, And so music gets me in the headspace to create and seeing the reaction on my players from what I've created keeps me coming back. What does not excite you creatively, spiritually, and or emotionally? Recently, website user interface bugs. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just putting up the shop on our site, there's just little, little intricacies. I'm like, you know what? Time to go into focus mode. No emotion for me. (laughs) (laughs) Encumbrance mechanics. (laughs) And uh, any choice that takes away choice from the players i hate stunning players it's the most boring thing in the world if they can't act for the round uh and locking them up unless it's feeding some sort of jailbreak plotline. but anything that prevents a player from doing what they'd like to do within reason uh i drastically stay away from what is your favorite sound Ooh, 
So part of the reason Drew and I moved across the country was for my favorite sound, which was when you go hiking to like a remote place and you can just hear wind and Mm -hmm. wildlife. Um, The exact same, just the the feeling of crunching leaves through Skyrim, but trying to produce that in real life, which (laughs) I... (laughs) I grew up in the Chicago area my whole life. And so I've, I've heard just road noise everywhere, always. And being able to, like when we moved here, our first night, um, we're right next to a forest. And I hear this kind of dull roar outside. I'm like, oh, it's just road noise. And then I listen more. I'm like, no, it's like a chorus of crickets. And it's just the forest being the forest. And that was super, super cool. And definitely what we chase now. What sound do you hate? Styrofoam makes you want to die. (laughs) I opened up a package the other day and it was just a lid of styrofoam. And it, I had, I have to like close my eyes and grit my teeth. Oh, oh, it's so bad. Even just thinking about it. I'm. Yep. (laughs) For me going off the previous answer, I just hate road noise. I I like when there is a lack of it. What's your favorite word? Hmm. I'm going to cheat and say a phrase if that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it, is your, it is your space to do with as you will. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat and say a phrase. It's, can I roll for stealth? Because I love, with my characters, I just love like stealthing in or out of situations and kind of being like the fly on the wall for the party. Um, a lot of times during combat, I won't, unless I'm a sorcerer, I'm, I'm usually a rogue if I'm not a sorcerer. So I'll be doing like other things and messing with the environment as opposed to directly attacking the baddie. So that's my phrase. <laughs> my favorite word is probably bustling. And I use it so much to the point that my players make fun of me because I use it so much. Uh, You've used it in this interview. Exactly. <laughs> I used so, to make a tally with one of my friends of how many times Drew would say bustling during our D&D session. Yep. And so describe a busy, busy street. What other word are you going to use? It's a bustling street. And it's just so useful to convey busyness. What is your least favorite word? Hmm. I don't think I have a least favorite word. Oh, actually... I would say my least favorite word is mansion because when I was like seven years old or something, I I saw a mansion and I started saying it so many times until it didn't sound like a word anymore. And every time I think about it, I'm like, that's not a real word. (laughs) Mansion's not a real word. So there's not much logic behind it other than that. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. My least favorite word is drab because I think that word just encapsulates its definition so well. It is so boring. What tabletop role-playing game or D&D monster or foe have you not faced or run that you would love to? I want to fight a full-sized dragon. Hell yeah. I Drew's ran uh, his campaign. We fought a like mini version of a dragon, and a reskinned black dragon, I think it was. Mm-hmm. However, I just really like how dragons look and I mean, that they yeah. can fly and all that stuff. So I want to fight a real one at some point. <laughs> it's right there in the name of the game. 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's guaranteed. It's Dungeons and small dragons. Full-size dragons. <laughs> I really want to run a full strength illithid uh yeah. we've i've i've run it before but like i said how i'm afraid to remove character choice they have that one ability where they they nosh on their brains and if you get zero hp from that you instantly die absolutely terrified of doing that to anybody just fastest way to just completely ruin somebody's day and so maybe for a one shot where character lives are less sacred, I'll, I'll run some real bad illithids and there'll be some crunch time. What is your favorite adventure of all time? And this is a nebulous question. It can be a, an adventure that you ran, that you wrote, that you were a part of, that you watched in an actual play. It could be an adventure movie like 1999's The Mummy. Whatever that <laughs> means to you, what is your favorite adventure? My favorite adventure. Um, okay, so my favorite adventure is one of Drew's like campaign plot yeah. branches, I guess. Um, there was a, we were in this abandoned spaceship. We play sci-fi d and Oh, yes, let me preface that. We have a sci-fi <laughs> D&D campaign. Um, so we were on this, our party enters this abandoned spaceship and we're working for this corporation that's trying to salvage data from the ship. Um, so as I'm like exiting the head of the ship and heading to the tail of the ship, I see like an alien in the doorway peeking out and it has like acid dripping out of its mouth. And then all of a sudden it disappears. And then we start walking like more towards that direction. And then it ambushes us from the ceiling. And I was like actually scared during this. <laughs> so that's why it's one of my favorites because I was just like so like nervous because things were all dark and like I didn't know where it was going to come from um, and yeah it ended up being we walked into this room and there were a bunch of capsules with like people in them and there was like data on these capsules and it was this group of scientists that were experimenting on these people and the alien was actually one of the experiments um, so yeah that was my favorite one because I was actually very scared during that session <laughs> <laughs> mine is literally the same i am so proud of that oh. that whole quest is just my my masterpiece <laughs> and we had we were running this spooky spaceship ambiance sound and the the vibes were just right and i i can vividly remember everybody's faces when the, the monster came out and they were just so disgusted and they hated me. <laughs> like, why do you make me do this? The best. Uh, it was so much fun. It was, and that introduced that the corporation they were working for were the bad guys and introduced a whole bunch of problems. And it was, mm -hmm. it was a good time. What is your favorite tabletop role-playing game character of all time? And it can, again, it can be one of your characters. It can be one you played alongside. It could be one you watched on an actual play. It could be whatever... The question means to you. So I'm going to say for the exact same cyberpunk campaign, my character for that cyberpunk campaign, um, I'm a hacker, which is kind of like a homebrew roguelike character. And I get to like hack into different technology and make it do fun things or like flick switches or like on the alien ship, I was able to like hack a big crane that lifted up a cargo box and dropped it on things. Um, so yeah, it's just, I, I really like that character. It's fun to 
mess with it. It's a little bit different than, you know, a regular D and D campaign. So it's all, it's like new stuff. It's really cool. Mine is my dwarf fighter, Fargrim, who was my first ever D and D character in that very first campaign. Uh, he peacefully retired for me to take on the full-time DM role. And now I just envision him always in Everhearth Inn, just constantly pounding ale, uh, just ha- living it up. And so Hell there's yeah. very fond memories of Fargrim, and I know he's, he's happy and relaxed. Final question. What gives you hope? I would say all the support we get for people from people for Everhearth keeps me going, makes me feel good, makes me feel like what I'm doing is good and correct and I'm going in the right direction with things. For me, it's those heartfelt comments we get on our content saying how we've improved their day. We've given them a place to rest, which is kind of the end goal. And the the people that we have in our Discord, the community we're growing on Discord and Patreon, everybody's so positive and just happy to be amongst each other with this common interest and this common goal of making Everhearth this good place. And that just really drives me forward. Dramatic pause for effect. Excellent. (laughs) Drew and Chloe, congratulations. You have run the entire Reckless to Talk gauntlet, including the famed lightning round. You remain standing as... As, as appreciation for your excellence, for your steadfastness, for your et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Please take the opportunity to tell everyone who you are once more, where to find you, how to support you, all the good stuff. We are Everhearth Inn. Our website is everhearthin.com. We just launched our new store, which includes a smoking hot refund policy. It makes for great holiday gifts. Get some handmade <laughs> stuff at all sorts of different price points. We also have a Patreon where you can vote on what fantasy recipes we cook next, or you could get early access to our content, store g- discounts, and much more. We've got super comprehensive D&D class articles that you can check out to dream up new builds and learn all about different feats and stuff. And you can also join our Discord to be a part of our community. You can join in on D&D games, take part in our goal support group to work on your own real-life quests, and a whole bunch of other stuff. You can find us on TikTok is a big platform for us. Instagram, we have some long-form educational D&D running the game content on YouTube. Uh, Plan on doing more of those in the future. Uh, But for now, you can find everything about us at everhearthin.com. Guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> really appreciate you guys. I uh, hope you had a good time. And and uh, thank you, everyone. Go check them out. Uh, get your dices. Get your, your ales. Get your good cooking content. All the good things. Woo! Bye. Bye. Bye.